Amen. How are you guys feeling today, New Philly? Feeling good? Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I feel good. Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. Man, the weather is so nice out right now, man. I stepped outside this week and I was like, oh, felt a breeze. It's like, hallelujah. Seasons have changed. <laughs> if you're new to New Philly, we want to say welcome. And we hope that today is a day in which you encounter the Lord powerfully. Every Sunday, every day that we gather together as God's people, we believe it's a day in which we're going to encounter the Lord that much more powerfully than we did the last time we gathered. Because God, he, you can't, he, doesn't, he doesn't have a cap. God doesn't have a limit. You know, he just goes from glory to glory himself. He outdoes himself in our lives. You know, you'll have a, a season where God will do something in your life. Like, man, this is the best it can get. And then all of a sudden, God's like, nope, I can do that much better. Ah, oh, this is the best it can get. Nope, because God doesn't have a limit. Last week, I preached and we started a new series here at New Philly Itaewon. Core values the remix. Some of you are like, what is that? What kind of noise did everyone just make? We started a new series here called Core Values the remix, because we know that God, he doesn't just do original things. He also remixes it for each generation. Amen. Amen. He doesn't just want you to worship the way your parents worshiped or to read or to learn the way your parents learned. He doesn't want everything to be like the previous generation. No, he wants each generation to take his truth and to manifest it in a way that is relevant to that generation. And so God will take the truths that a previous generation learned and held close to, and he will go to the next generation and he'll remix it a little bit. He'll change it up just a little bit. And so we're going on this series through the core values of our house. And this, these, this series was first preached in 2010, but the Lord really put it on my heart for us to go through this series again, especially as an Itaewon campus, because these are the values that make our church distinct. You know, if you're new or maybe you've been coming out, I want to tell you, New Philly is not like the church down the street. New Philly's not like the church that you grew up in. New Philly is a completely different church. Because each church, God has given a different mandate, a different mission. There's a different way in which each house of God is meant to manifest his heart. And so New Philly as a house, we have a very specific mandate. Our, our vision is to raise up an army of mighty warriors. That does not mean that everyone's coming in here with guns and like fatigues, like, yeah, let's do this. No. But we're talking about people who are anointed by the Holy Spirit to go out and set free the captive, to bring liberty and freedom. And so we have nine core values. And last week we talked about be extravagant in worship. Powerful Sunday, amen? amen? I'll go through all the nine core values real quick. The next one is freedom is for everyone. Everyone say that. Freedom is for everyone. Freedom is for everyone. Father, the fatherless. Father the fatherless. Be faithful in the small things. Be faithful in the small 
The anointing flows from the top down. Roll with the punches. The supernatural is natural. Contend for the kingdom. And the last one, dream big. Amen. And so today we're going to go through the second core value here at New Philly. And that is that freedom is for everyone. Freedom is for everyone. Something you'll notice when you come to New Philly is that we put a primacy. We put an emphasis on freedom. Because we believe as a house that freedom is for everyone. That's why we love healing and deliverance because freedom is for everyone. That's why we love extravagant forms of worship because freedom is for everyone. That's why we pray for and we step out in areas such as human trafficking and justice causes because we believe that freedom is for everyone. Maybe you grew up in a church that did not believe that freedom was for anyone. You know, you walk in and you automatically feel chains on you. You feel restricted. No, but God has put on this house that we are a house where freedom is for everyone. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. I want you to turn in your Bible to Galatians. Chapter five, verse one. going to read one verse, but I'm going to give you a ton of verses today. So if you've got your pen and pad or your iPhone or iPad, you know, be ready. Galatians 5, 1. Let's read it all together in the ESV. One, two, three. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Let me pray for us. Bow your heads. Father, we thank you for the distinctives that you've given us as a house. Not to say, God, that that other churches and other houses are not meant to walk in these things. But, God, you've called us to identify it and to model it. And for every person that walks through these doors to experience it. And so, God, I pray that today would be a day of freedom. I pray that today, God, would be a day of breakthrough. Father, we come against every attack of the enemy, God, that would seek to bind up your people that would seek to distract your people that would seek to hold your people back from the freedom that Christ has bought. And God, we declare freedom breaking through today that God, that as your word is preached, the anointing of the Holy spirit would fall in this place and that bonds would be broken and that people would leave this place today changed, inspired, built up. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. You know, last week I talked about how God makes the original and the remix, but Satan, he makes the bootleg. You know, God makes the original copy. He's the author and perfecter. But he also makes the remix. In Revelation, we see Jesus stands. He says, behold, I make all things new. But Satan, he doesn't have that kind of power. He is a counterfeiter. So he's the father of lies. Everything he says and does is lies and he doesn't have the power to create. He only has the power to make the bootleg. And so I talked about it last week, you know, when you go on the corner and there's that, that Korean guy on the street in Seoul and he's selling all these DVDs that you didn't even know were out yet. 
and they're all in paper cases, like the little plastic with the paper outside. And you're like, how, how is this only a chunan? That's because it's fake. Or maybe you don't buy it on the street. Maybe you go to BitTorrent and you download it. Ooh, is there some conviction? You should be convicted. (laughs) But Satan, he makes the bootleg. He doesn't make the original copy. He always makes a fake and a counterfeit. And there's one thing that Satan has sold a counterfeit version of that almost all of us in this room have bought. A counterfeit definition of that almost every person in this room to a degree has bought in its freedom. If I asked you today, what is freedom? How would you define freedom? Even if you look outside in the world, how does the world define freedom? There's a a very clear bootleg copy of freedom. It goes like this. Freedom is the ability to do what I want when I want, period. Freedom is me being able to do whatever I want, whenever I want, no matter what the consequences If I want to go do this, I can do this because I'm free. If I want to do this, I can do this because I'm free. If I want to sleep with this person, I can sleep with that person. We're two consenting adults. I'm free. If I want to take this, I can take this because I'm free. Freedom is doing what I want. Hey, you know what? You shouldn't do that. Hey, hey, why are you talking to me like that? I'm free. Don't try to hold me back. Don't try to take my freedom. You know, I'm from America. In America, we love our rights. You know, don't take my rights. They took our rights. Don't take my rights. I'm from the South. So I think I can Southern United States or Southern Southeastern United States of America. So everyone loves their rights down there. Don't take my rights. What are you doing trying to take my freedom? I love freedom. Here's my flag. We love our freedom. But it's a counterfeit version. We say that freedom is the ability for me to do what I want, when I want. I can do whatever I want to do. And it doesn't matter who gets hurt in the process. It doesn't even matter if I hurt myself because that is freedom. Do drugs? I'm an adult. I do what I want. It's fine. I'm free. Sleep around? Whatever. I'm free. Hurt someone else, be bitter and unforgiving. What? I'm free. I'm a free individual. I do whatever I want. But I want to tell you that's a counterfeit version. Because if you've ever met someone who's addicted to drugs, yeah, it started out with a free choice, but they don't make a choice anymore. You ever seen anyone that's addicted to sex? It started out as a free choice with consenting individuals, but after a while, it stops becoming free. And now there's a cost. Freedom. See, Satan has sold this bootleg copy of freedom and so many of us have bought into it. I can do whatever I want when I want. But what you don't understand is that that kind of copy of freedom ends up creating only oppression and bondage. Not true freedom. I'll tell you what the real thing is. I'll tell you what freedom actually is. 
I want you to write this down. Freedom. Freedom, the real thing, not the bootleg. Freedom is the ability to make empowered choices that honor God, honor who you are, and honors other people. If you want to know what freedom is, freedom is the ability to make an empowered choice that honors God, honors yourself, does not bring harm to who you are and does not harm anyone else. And anytime you find yourself making choices that bring harm to who you are, there's bondage. See, that's why drugs When someone does drugs and they they find themselves doing it. You say, well, I'm a free person. I can make that choice. But what you don't understand is that you are bringing harm to yourself. And that's not freedom. That is bondage. Oh, I'll sleep around. I'll, I'll do whatever I want. Well, you're, you're making a choice, but that choice is causing harm, not just to you, but to another person. All of a sudden, you're walking in shame and, dign- and, and you've lost your dignity. That's freedom? No, that sounds a lot like bondage. Oh, I'll just look at this. I'll just do this. I'll just spend here. A lot of people are in bondage and it's poverty. Materialism. Spend and spend and spend and spend. Well, it's my money. I can do what I want. You don't understand that the choices you're making isn't just harming your future, but your children's future. Your children are going to grow up in poverty because of the choices you're making right now. Is that freedom? No, that's bondage. Lust. First Corinthians six says when a, a person sins sexually, they don't just it's not just a sin that is committed outside of their body. It's a sin that they commit against themselves. Oh, I'll just sleep with my girlfriend. I'll just sleep with my boyfriend. It's nothing. It, we're two consenting adults. What you don't understand is that you are significantly harming not just your self-worth and your self-identity, but that person's as well. Is that freedom? No, that's bondage. I'll just drink as much as I want. What? I'm a free guy. I'm free. I can drink as much as I want. Is that freedom? You're harming your body. I remember in college, I'll be real vulnerable. In college, the, the, I went to the doctor right before I came to Korea. And the doctor told me, she said, listen, if you drink one drink when you go to Korea, your liver could possibly fail and you will die. My liver was in bad shape. I went to Korea and I kept drinking. This when I was an exchange student before I was really getting discipled, before I really met the Lord. I went in and I kept drinking. I kept going to bars. I was I thought it was an exercise of my freedom. That's not freedom, that's bondage. In human trafficking and North Korea, even you look and you see people aren't even able to make an empowered choice. See, anytime you find that you're not able to make an empowered choice because of manipulation, intimidation or domination, that's bondage, that's oppression, that's slavery. But even if you're able to make a choice, but you find yourself continually making choices that harm yourself and others, that as well is not freedom. That's bondage and slavery. 
But true freedom, the freedom that Christ has set us free for is the ability to make empowered choices that honor him, that honor who we're made to be and honor other people. That's real freedom. That's the freedom that we talk about here in this house when we say that freedom is for everyone. Why did I start off talking about that? Because you got to first know what freedom is if we're going to say freedom is for everyone. If I say freedom is for everyone, you'll just start thinking, oh, well, they think at this church I can just do whatever I want to do. No matter what. Okay, I'll just. (laughs) But God's heart is not to legitimize bondage. His heart is to give you true freedom. See, sin started with two people making a choice that caused themselves personal harm. God said, if you eat of the fruit of that tree, you will die. They made that choice anyways, and it didn't just cause harm to them, but it caused harm to every single person in this room. Sin is slavery, not freedom. But God's heart is for freedom to be for everyone. What we find in this church is that the people in this house have testimonies of them stepping not just into a place where they can do whatever. No, they're stepping into a place of true freedom where God empowers them to be able to live according to his spirit and live in a way that embodies choices that honor him, honor themselves and honor the people next to them. Freedoms for everyone. So I'm going to give you four things about about freedom. Four things about freedom. You ready? I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you think you know freedom. (laughs) But you're going to learn something today. (laughs) You think you know this core value. Turn to him and tell him, you think you know this core value. But this is the uh, 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 remix. Come on, come on. Channel your inner DJ. Come on. A, a, a remix. <laughs> you got to do the scratching. Come. The first thing I want you to know about freedom, number one, write this down, is that God is free. A lot of times when we talk about freedom, we love to talk about our freedom, but we don't ever start with God. But before you understand your freedom, you need to understand that God himself is free. Let's look. Psalm 115 verse 3. It says, our God is in the heavens. He does what he pleases. Psalm 135, 6. The Lord does whatever pleases him in the heavens and in the earth and in the seas in their depths. Second Corinthians three seventeen says, now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God is free. God can't be contained. God doesn't have a box. That means that whatever you've heard about God, whatever you knew about God in the past, it, it can't contain him. God doesn't have a box. First Kings 8, 7, Solomon said, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built. God is free. That means God makes empowered choices. You never thought about that, huh? Oh, I'm free. I can choose. I can do what I want. God's standing up there like, yo, I'm free. I can do what I want. 
See, God's free, but God chose. See, the the first thing you need to know about your freedom is that God chose for you to be free. See, God himself, when he looked and he saw the choice that Adam and Eve had made, that it put all of us in bondage, God looked at us from heaven. He's in the highest of heavens. He does what pleases him. And he decided, he made a choice that he himself would come down. And here's, here's the clincher. He decided that he would come down and take on harm on our behalf. That means that he decided he would come down and take on slavery and bondage so that we would be free. See, when he sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, he sent his son to die. Jesus walked the earth knowing that his steps on earth were heading towards a point and it was going to cause him harm and he chose it. See, God laid down his freedom for a moment so that you would be free forever. You got to get this. If you don't get this, you know, you might as well put in your headphones, listen to some music right now because you're not going to understand everything else after. Through Christ. That's how we begin to experience true freedom. God is free, but he chose. He made a choice to take on slavery and bondage so that you and I would be set free from slavery and bondage. For freedom's sake, Christ set us free. The second thing you need to know, number two, is that freedom is for you. Turn to your neighbor, tell him, say, freedom is for me. Say it like you mean it. Say, freedom is for me. You know, because of the choice that God himself made, because of the choice that Jesus made, And I want to tell you, it was a choice. I know you may go to some churches and go to some places and they say, you know, you, you were the one that killed him. You, you made him go. You did it. You're so wretched. You're so awful. You made him go. No, Jesus chose to go. When Jesus stood before Pilate, Pilate said, don't you know, I have the authority for whether or not you live or die. And Jesus said, you will, you don't have any authority unless it were given to you by my father in heaven. He looked at Pilate and said, yo, Pilate, shut up. You don't have the authority. I made a choice to die. And he did it because freedom is for you. See, for the blood bought believer, the person who puts their faith in Jesus Christ, who confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believes in their heart that God raised them from the dead. Freedom is for you. And I'm talking about a glorious freedom. I'm talking about a freedom in every single area of your life. I'm not talking about just getting through the pearly gates and then you're in heaven and oh, then you can dance and be free. Whatever. No, I'm talking about right now. There's a freedom you're meant to experience right now. Galatians 5.1, we already read it. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Psalm 146.7 says, the Lord sets prisoners free. Christ died so that you would be able to live a free life, an empowered life, and not in bondage. And if you're a believer, the only reason that you are in bondage is because you're choosing to stay in it. Because Christ has set you free. The only reason you're still living bound to anger and unforgiveness is not because God doesn't want you free. It's because you're choosing to stay in bondage. 
See, God's heart is not for any of us to live in slavery and bondage. His heart is for every single one of us to live free. Here, our our healing and deliverance ministry is off the hook because every person that goes through it, it's like they experience a complete transformation. I remember the first time I remember when I went through healing and deliverance. And I Pastor Christian was like, you know, I think you should go through healing and deliverance because he knew my story. He knew the stories of abuse. He knew homelessness. He knew sexual addiction. He knew alcoholism. He knew all this stuff. And he's like, you know, you should sign up for a healing and deliverance session. And I remember being like, okay. And that Saturday came up where it was time for me to go to this H and D session. And I had to go to pastor Christian's apartment. I wake up that morning. I know exactly what day it is. snap. I'm like looking at my phone thinking, I'm just going to send a text message that I'm sick. (laughs) I got the black lung. I can't do it. But I could just hear God saying, no, Marcus, freedom's for you. You know, there's so many Christians that just come to church and then they go back home, but they're still walking in the same bondage. And And God was like, no, Marcus, freedom's for you. So I remember going to going to Pastor Christian's apartment. It was like it was literally only like 20, 15, 20 minutes from where I lived. But for some reason, that trip seemed to take like two hours. Like the buses aren't working. The subway's slow. Like I'm angry at everyone. Like, Ajma, why are you in my way right now? I got some place to go. <laughs> it took like two hours for me to get there. I get there. I open up the door and it's Pastor Christian and it's a group of leaders male and female. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on now, sister. What are you doing here? I'm okay with the brothers, but whoa, I don't want you to hear what's going on. But now PC was like, no, no, Marcus, it's good for both brothers and sisters to be there because if they're both there, the level of freedom you will experience will be greater. James 5, it says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. So I sat there and we begin to go through different. We begin to go through the the 15 years of abuse and neglect that I experienced. We, we begin to deal with the fact that my father left me before I was ever born. He didn't even look at me as a baby in the hospital. And we begin to deal with that rejection that I, I lived with my entire life. We begin to deal with the effects of 15 years of being told you're nothing and being beaten. And then we begin to deal with my sexual immorality that I did because of all this rejection. The alcoholism that I did to also try to drink down the shame. And at the end of it, We confess, I'm confessing, I'm repenting because there's some things I needed to repent of, some things I need to bring before God. I'm renouncing, declaring I'm never going to step back into it. And at the end, Pastor Chris says, take a deep breath. You've done quite a bit. It was like breathing for the first time. I don't remember what it was like the first time I breathed. It was like years and years of stuff that I was trying to work through on my own. 
God was setting me free from in an instant. Healing and deliverance is not the last choice you make towards freedom. It's the first choice. And all of a sudden I started, everything was different. I was set free from the unforgiveness that I not only held against my stepfather who was abusive, but also I held against my mother for keeping us in that situation. All of a sudden I realized, man, I was crying like I was crying all the time. I think Pastor Christian even cried. I mean, we were all crying. But the revelation I got in that moment was that freedom is for me. Freedom is for you. And this was actually before I had done anything. I wasn't in ministry. I wasn't, I had no plans to do any of that. I was just a son. And God wanted to set me free. Every son and daughter God desires to set free. The question is, are you going to choose freedom? You're going to choose to stay in bondage. Are you going to choose freedom? So many believers, we give a myriad of reasons as to why we're in bondage. God comes and he says, you know what? Freedom is for you. You want, you need to get set free. I can have freedom. Well, God, you don't know what happened to me when I was six. God, you don't know what my father did. You don't know what this person said to me. God, you don't know what I've been through. Yeah, freedom's for you, pastor. That's all good and well, but what about me? And we begin to give a myriad of excuses because we want to excuse ourselves from standing in the place where God says, actually, because you're a son of God, you have a choice. You have a choice. See, we give God a myriad of reasons as to why we want to stay in bondage. But God gives us only one reason why we should pursue freedom. And that's because he died for it. One reason. God, you don't know what happened to me. You don't know. See, it's no longer about what your daddy did. It's no longer about what your mama said or what happened to you in kindergarten or what has happened to you even recently. It's no longer about any of that. It's about will you believe and choose to embrace freedom and embrace the fact that freedom is for you. See, Satan comes with all this lies and deception to convince you that it's not possible, that freedom's not for you because he wants you to stay in bondage. But God does things a little differently. In John chapter 5, I want you to turn there. I know we're spending a lot of time on on this second point because I really want you to get it. John chapter 5 verse 2 says, Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which had five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. How long have you been in bondage? 38 years? Longer? Shorter? This guy had been laying there. He had been paralyzed, blind, and lame for 38 years. But when Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? Notice Jesus didn't walk up to him and say, listen, why are you there? Why are you so hurt? Why are you, why are you bound by bitterness? Why are you, 
why are you bound to alcoholism? Why are you, why are you so sick? What's wrong with you? What happened here? Let me hear your myriad of reasons why you're bound. Notice Jesus didn't say that at all. He just walked up to him and said, do you want to be healed? See, for many of us, we have this victim mentality before God. Even the invalid did. He said, do you want to be healed? And the guy didn't even answer his question. He said, wait, sir. Listen, every, every time I have no one to put me in the pool while the water stirred up. And while I'm going, another one steps down before me. Do you want to be free? Well, do you know what happened to me when I was this age? Do you know what I've been through? Do you know? And we give all these reasons why. When God just says, listen, do you want? Freedom. See, God didn't die to make. He didn't die so that he could come down and listen to why we're in bondage. He came to set us free. He came because freedom is for you. The third thing you got to know about freedom. Freedom is for your neighbor. Turn to the person next to you. Tell them, I know freedom's for me, but it's also for you too. <laughs> we believe in this house that it's not enough just for you to get set free. You got to be a person who sets other people free. You know, if you're quote unquote free, but you're not stepping out and beginning to set other people free. I would question whether or not there's you're walking in a, in true freedom. I'm free. But then when God puts before you other people that he wants you to speak into their life and set them free. Well, I don't know about that. There's probably where we're in bondage to fear. But see, free people, they have this ability to not be contained. Free people are like a fire being set. In a dry field, you know, they just they they once they get set free, they want everyone to be set free. Once they get healed and delivered, they want everyone to get healed and delivered. I remember once I experienced my healing and deliverance, I was trying to lay hands on everybody. Anytime anybody had a problem, I was like, oh, snap here. Come here. I, I know the steps right now. You need to do this, this. And OK, Shabbat Shabbat. Freedom right now in Jesus name. They're like. I was like, okay, maybe there's some different steps that took place. <laughs> but free people, they don't want just themselves to experience freedom, but they want other people to experience freedom. Because freedom isn't just for you, it's for the person sitting right next to you. And God doesn't just want his servants to be people that seek their own freedom, but they seek the freedom of the other son of God sitting right next to them. In Galatians 5.13, it says, You were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. What does the flesh mean? The flesh is just talking about our own self-interest, our own power. But through love, serve one another. You know what love is? Love is making a choice to look for the good of someone else next to you. First Peter 2, 6, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but living as servants of God. See, once you get set free, God calls you to live as a person who's free, as a servant of God. And you know what servants of God do? 
they set other people free. In Isaiah 61, it says that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, freedom to the captive and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. See, once you get set free, God calls you to then start setting other people free. That means that when you're in your small group and community group and someone else is sharing about some deep trauma or some deep problem they're going through, your response is like, oh, no, man, that really, oh, that sucks, man. Yeah, you should just go talk to Pastor Marcus about it. Oh, man. No, God calls you to pray for them and set them free. God says, no, freedom's not just for you. It's for the person sitting next to you. Now, are you going to step out and set them free? You know, in the body of Christ, we have, we have this, this uh, confidant syndrome, you know, where people share with us stuff they're going through. And we just sit there. You know, I'm, I'm sleeping around right now. Man, I'm addicted to alcohol. Man, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff. Oh, man. That's, you know what? That's, thank you for sharing that with me. You know, I'm just so glad we could connect like that. You trust me. Okay, see you. Bye. And we leave people in their bondage. We know that this son of God, this daughter of God is living in a way that is leading to bondage. And instead of setting them free, instead of speaking the truth in love, instead of stepping out to proclaim freedom to them. We say, no, it's all good. Go ahead and keep walking down that path towards bondage. Oh, you're bitter. You can't stand that person. Man, that's got to suck. But a person that understands that freedom is not just for you, but for your neighbor, they say, you know what? That's not all right. You know what you're doing right now? It's not only hurting you, it's hurting someone else. You know what you're doing right now is, is it is leading to your own destruction. That's actually, that's true love right there. That's real love. You know what? Let me pray for you. Let me lead you in some steps towards healing and deliverance so that this can get broken off of your life. God doesn't call for myself and Pastor John Michael to be the only people that lead people in healing and deliverance. He calls you to do it, too. After Sunday, they shouldn't be like a, a 50 person line of people who need H&D just for me. They can, you can get H&D. You can get healing and deliverance from any person sitting any of our leaders. They can lead you. There's been something on your life that's been holding you down. You've been bound by insomnia or drug addiction. You ain't even actually got to come to me. You can come to one of our leaders and they can set you free. Because freedom is not just for you. It's for your neighbor. And the the fourth thing is that freedom is for all who are made in God's image. While there's a glorious freedom that as sons of God, as daughters of God, that we get to experience through the cross. There is also a measure of freedom. There's a measure of benevolent grace and freedom that God poured out over the entire earth through the cross. See, Christians, we don't have a a monopoly on the goodness of God. And that is why we as a church, we, we pray for human trafficking. We pray for North Korea. We pray 
for all these justice issues because we know that God desires a measure of freedom for every person on this earth. Not for us to just, you know, look at the CNN and say, man, that's awful what's happening in Egypt. Man, that's awful what's happening in North Korea. Okay, let me get back on my Facebook. But for us to pray, for us to start companies, for us to start businesses, for us to step out in ways that is going to manifest God's heart for freedom for every living person on this earth. Matthew 5, 43 to 45, it says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. God has a heart to pour out grace upon not just believers, but non-believers as well. And so God doesn't call us to just ignore what's happening to people who don't know Jesus. He's not calling you to take the long route away from the areas that you know is filled with human trafficking. No, he's calling you to pray. Maybe, maybe you should take a prayer walk with some people. Don't go by yourself. Maybe he's calling you to start to join a group like Unearthed. That's why we support a ministry like Unearthed that's committed towards praying and fighting human trafficking. That's why we, we pray for North Korea at every joint prayer meeting, at every Friday fire. That's why we support Jerusalem ministry, a ministry for the orphan. That's why we commit our hearts to that because we believe that freedom is not just for the people sitting in this room, but freedom is for everyone. You know, the church has has started to relinquish its mandate to step out and release freedom to everyone. And so we say, let the governments do it. Let the NGOs do it. But, you know, a lot of the non-governmental organizations, a lot of the biggest organizations out there that are actually helping people, they were started by Christians. And every and these Huge movements of God that we see where we see whether it's modern day slavery or it's slavery in America in the 1800s or if it was slavery in in England. These huge movements to bring about freedom. You know who started them? Christians. The civil rights movement. You know who was who was standing at the the forefront of it and using nonviolent resistance? Christians. That's because God has put a mandate on us to rise up and say, you know what? Freedom isn't just for me. It's not just for my neighbor right here, but freedom is for everyone. See, your destiny and calling that God has on your life, it involves someone else's freedom. But first, you got to know that freedom is for you. That freedom is for that your neighbor and then that freedom goes outside of the four walls of this church. Let's pray together right now.